0: Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to Osh's big anniversary sale celebration May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at Osh.com. From KQED.
1: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are changing gears here a little bit. The San Francisco Night Ministry has listened to those who want to talk every night since 1964. Night ministers walk the streets of the Tenderloin and trained volunteers operate their phone lines until four in the morning. More than 20,800 nights in a row and counting. The interfaith organization provides spiritual care for all, holding services in many faiths and outdoors to increase accessibility And in its own words, we do not judge or convert. We meet people where they are and offer loving presence. Here to talk about the Knight ministry's work and the support that they hear folks need, we're joined by Trent Thornley, Executive Director of the San Francisco Knight Ministry. Welcome, Trent.
2: Thank you so much for having us.
1: As well as Johnny Leggett, Director of Knight Ministry Services at the San Francisco Knight Ministry. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having us.
1: Oh, man, that is a great voice. That's the first time I got to hear your voice on the radio, Johnny. It's amazing. Um, let's start with you. Can you just take us through a night walk? Like, how does it
3: work? Well, primarily the the, the night for the San Francisco Night Minister begins about 9 p.m. We um, are located in the TL Tenderloin, and it goes until 4 a.m. Um, the first bit of the evening is sort of a check-in. We normally go out into the Tenderloin and we just see what's going on in the community. Um, we have certain SROs or single residence occupancy places that we go and check in at. And we also um, go to some larger tent encampments, some city sanctioned tent encampments. And we're there. We're providing a ministry of presence just to um, listen, just to be and just to um show love and hope to our, our unhoused neighbors.
1: That ministry of presence, I love that phrase. Does that mean, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to you?
3: The ministry of presence simply means being there for um, a person, a man or woman, or a person who's in trauma. Um, it's, it's, it's a ministry of affirming, it's active listening, it's standing near, standing by. Not trying to solve problems simply, I'm not trying to condemn or correct a person. It's simply just showing human compassion to some of the most prevailing needs that our society is facing. I
1: have to say that sounds hard.
3: It's very complex.
1: Really hard. You know, I heard, uh, I think it was a rabbinical student, describe going on a night walk in a a podcast with, with your ministry. And this may sound like a funny question, but how do you walk in the streets? Like he was describing how slowly the night ministers walk and, and how they look into people's eyes
3: yes it's 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 very methodical um well first of all we go out with clergy collars at night and so we, we walk slow enough to be approached we walk we we'll call it meandering we we kind of stroll down let's see O'Farrell or Polk or Venice and we, we walk slow enough to let people know that we are approachable to let people know that if they need us, they can get our attention. And we walk slow enough just to eavesdrop on situations enough to see if we need to just check in. And um, you'd be surprised at some of the conversations that are built upon these encounters, such as you know, a brother like the name of Patrick, who he lost his wife, he's he's homeless, unhoused. He's lost his wife. he He's struggling about how to reach out to her side of the family, and so, you know, People will approach us with, with with situations such as that, and um, it's it's just it's just a very complex but rewarding work. Yeah,
1: we're talking about the San Francisco Night Ministry, and we'd love to hear from you. Have you talked to, spotted a night minister before? Do you live in the Tenderloin? And which stories from the TL do you feel aren't heard? You can give us a call, 866 733 6786. That's 866 733 6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, KQED Forum, and the emails forum at kqed.org. Uh, Trent Thornley, Executive Director, San Francisco Night Ministry. I wanted you to walk us through a little bit of the history of the ministry. I, I was watching a, might have even been a KQED documentary from like 1965. <laughs> I mean, this is an institution.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've been listening to Forum for many years and I've considered it a Bay Area treasure. And, you know, there's another Bay Area treasure and that's the San Francisco Night Ministry. We've been quietly doing this work at night when most people are asleep since 1964. And we were founded by a group of Protestant churches at the time. And so we We're originally Christian in nature, but we've always been non-proselytizing. We're not there to convert. We have no agenda. But in more recent years, we've become more increasingly interfaith. And so we have, as you mentioned, rabbis walking with us. We have a Buddhist meditation program. I myself am an ordained Buddhist in the Tibetan tradition. And uh, we are becoming more communal focused. We're trying to bring people into the ministry. So one of the emerging things we have going is to bring our neighbors out on a night walk with us, mm-hmm. a community night walk where they can come out with our night ministers and to see the people that we meet and to hear their stories mm-hmm. through our eyes and ears and to, to really uh, reconnect what's becoming quickly the two San Francisco's, you know, the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor, the collapse of the middle class and getting people a chance to come out with us to reconnect San Francisco and to meet and love their neighbors as we do. Yeah.
1: I mean, when you say people's neighbors, do you mean like bringing Salesforce down to the Tenderloin? Like, how, what do you mean by like? How do you construe neighbors in this context?
2: Yeah, I, I would see all of us who live and work in San Francisco as as being neighbors, and uh, we're we're there seeing everybody as San Franciscans. I mean, whether you are housed or unhoused, whether you know whatever circumstance you're in, so yeah, we'd love to have Salesforce come with us. We'd love to have uh, Twitter and and Dropbox and and uh, the local border um, supervisors and staff and sports teams and whoever really to come and be with us and to volunteer and to uh, and to really connect with connect with our neighbors. So yeah, I use the word neighbors very broadly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Johnny Leggett, Director of uh, Night Ministry Services at San Francisco Night Ministry. I mean, what are you hearing from people on the streets, and has it changed o- over time? Do you feel like this, the, the issues that people are going with are sort of uh, timeless, or are, have things like fentanyl and the pandemic really created new kinds of challenges for, for people who are struggling?
3: I think the problems we're facing are ever-evolving. Um, fentanyl has really uh, exacerbated the unhoused um, crisis. Um, a lot of our functioning unhoused, unhoused neighbors who were working now feel the threat of violence that um, these synthetic drugs have brought about. Um, some of the, you know, local um, governmental policies have impacted our unhoused neighbors, as we see tents being constructed in new places, and so um, there's a lot of change, a lot of complexity. And a lot of chaos on our streets, as you know, Tenderloin is ground zero for homelessness on the West Coast, and so we realize and we 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 encounter people from everywhere, um, in the Tenderloin. You'd be surprised at some of the people you meet, and um, and so it, it's an ever-changing situation, and so that's why I think it's great to be a part of a cutting-edge ministry who we're out every night, because from the first to the fifteenth of a month things can evolve and then from the 15th to the 16th things can become drastically different different and so you, it, it's a problem that you have to keep your hand on the pulse of yeah
1: do you think I know you've ministered in a lot of different ways you know you're a minister of like a Baptist church and been uh, minister in, in other places has this changed or tested your faith to be out in the streets like this
3: yes it has it it has it, tested my faith it's caused me to become more compassionate um as as a pastor of a local congregation, oftentimes we get comfortable in the sanctuary. And so doing this level of ministry at a grassroots level, you understand that each man, woman, boy, girl are human, and all humans deserve their God-given destiny and God-given um, dignity. And so as we provide this level of ministry, we realize that um, this is, to me, is more authentic, it's more pure. Um, it's so good to have a conversation about eternity on Venice from a brother who may be leaving the nightclub, you know? Um, the pandemic has raised a lot of questions. Um, the wars and rumors of wars have raised a lot of questions. And so I had a guy come up to me in the in the tenderloin and say, hey, pastor, who are we with? Are we with Russia or with Ukraine? I'm like, we're with peace, you know? And so, yes, um, th- this has been a very
1: particular groups of people in the tenderloin that you're trying to reach out to you know maybe lgbtq youth or something like that do you do you think like how do you do that how do you reach out to particular population
2: yeah we're actually open and available for this ministry of presence that johnny is speaking so eloquently about um to everybody and so we're actually not even there as an a ministry only to the homeless. We will speak to the city workers out at night. We'll go into the donut shops. We'll go into bars or restaurants. We'll go into transit depots, and we we are also available to have conversations with people as they feel moved to converse with us. And so, as Johnny was saying, like you know, I, I, when I've been out on night walks, I'm surprised when somebody comes up and just says. You know, my my mother passed away two weeks ago and I've not had anybody to talk to about it out here. And so just just having a moment of a different kind of conversation, a conversation that uh, humanizes people and brings forth the same stories that we all have. We all have grief and loss. We all have challenges in life. And those are the same uh, struggles and concerns of of our unhoused neighbors
1: and the folks that we meet. That sometimes make it hard to go back into the daytime life? Like, do you sometimes just feel like, you people are living in a simulation, <laughs> you know? I mean, like they don't know, most people don't know what's happening between the hours of 10 and, and 4 a.m. on the 10 to 1 streets
2: it's a different world and and that it really is a different san francisco out at, at, out at night there's a whole different community out there and there's actually a lot of uh, people who are looking out for each other on the streets i mean there's there's a whole subculture that's mapped and and understood and uh, people participate in on the streets at night and so it's fascinating to be there and to stand with them and you mentioned lgbtq we've been an ally to the uh, to the queer community, uh, of which I'm a member, since 1964. Right from the beginning, the Knight Ministers were allies with uh, people on the street. There were a lot of uh, gay runaways, and uh, there were a lot of transgender folks who needed care and support. And to even to this day, our, uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, or the Ducal Council, or the Imperial Court System, all LGBTQ philanthropist organizations, support the Knight Ministry. So we've we've been a friend and ally to people of, of all stripes, all faiths, all conditions right from the beginning. Wow.
1: You know, there must be so many challenges to keeping an organization like this funded and running. What what's the state of the night ministry right now, given that there's so so many needs? Um, and also you're not offering people, you know, people are always like, we gotta solve homelessness you're not offering that. So how do you keep the money flowing in so that you can keep putting people on the street?
2: <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for more resources. So if there are any, uh, I guess you could say angel investors, that <laughs> would probably apply, um, or angel funders, we would certainly be open to that. One of the big shifts for the night ministry is that we're no longer relying upon or able to rely upon the local mainline Protestant churches quite as much as we have in the past because a lot of these denominations are struggling themselves. They're they're land rich and cash poor and struggling to maintain their own numbers. And so this pivot to being more interfaith or even no faith, we have humanists, we have all kinds of people involved on the phones and in our volunteer corps. And this pivot to be more of a, a San Francisco nonprofit is a way of inviting the whole community in. Can is the is this a valuable enough service that we're offering, that the community would come in and, and support it. And, and that's our, our hope and our prayer. Yeah,
1: We're talking about the San Francisco Night Ministry with Trent Thornley, Executive Director and Johnny Leggett, Director of Night Ministry Services there at the San Francisco Night Ministry. Johnny, I wanted to ask you, what does it really mean to listen in this way? Uh, and what has it taught you about listening that we... Could and probably should all be
3: practicing in the rest of our lives. Yes, great question. For me personally, what it means to listen, I've learned to listen beyond the words. Mm-hmm. A lot of communication is nonverbal. Uh, my mother would get on to me from the South College professor. She would often say, "It's not what you say; it's how you say it." And so I'm, I'm learning. I've learned to listen beyond the words. I've learned to listen to what people do not say. Um, in the Tenderloin, in Mission, in North Beach, on the streets, right? Listening is essential. Um, and so, uh, I've learned to be an active listener. I've learned to, um, listen to intonations. I learned to listening, listen to, um, the pleas of people. And so for me, I look at, look at night ministry as, as the opposite of being a preacher, you know, the preacher we get to do all the talking, right? <laughs> and so, and so, as, as as a night minister, I am blessed to hear stories—stories stories of tragedy, stories of trauma, and and stories of transition. And so, there's some good, positive stories that we hear as well. Um, you get to hear the of the integrity of the persistence of the people who are unhoused. So, listening is, has been very valuable in this line of work. Yeah. I was always
1: struck, you know, we had somebody call in who had been unhoused and, and on drugs. And they said to me, said, when you're on the streets, you have community and you have purpose. It may not be a purpose that a lot of people approve of. It may not be a community that other people want to be a part of. But you have those two things, which most people don't have in American life. Um, Trent Thornley, I wanted to ask you the same question, what you've learned about listening through this work. Listening is a sacred
2: activity when we truly, deeply listen to somebody and we receive their story, their presence, and we let them know that we're not going to interrupt, to fix, or to control, or to judge, or to say it's going to be okay too quickly, but to allow a natural process that's happening in somebody's spirit to come forward in the telling of their story. We're doing sacred work, and we're actually, in some ways, just bearing witness to the healing Capacity that we all have, and that's moving in and through us all the time. So we're really not there to do the healing. We're there to bear witness and create the space for the healing to be done.
1: How do you signal to people that you're ready to do that kind of listening?
2: Well, you know, just by even walking and having a a a collar or a yarmulke or some other kind of religious garb on is it, it immediately changes the consciousness of the area, you know, because people see and respond to that presence, that ministry presence on the streets. And then when people then engage, sometimes it's just, hey, pastor, how are you? You know, give me a blessing, give me a high five, all great, you know, because that's just creating a foundation for maybe a future conversation or even just a moment of cheer in in that moment. But what will often happen then is people will come and we signal through our listening, and through our presence that they can continue to unfold their story with us, that we're there with no agenda. We'll sometimes have night ministers sit for a couple of hours with just one person even, if that's what it takes to really allow that person's humanity uh, to be seen and felt and and unfold before us. Wow.
1: That's really impressive and and amazing work that you all do every single night, 20,800 nights in a row, right? (laughs) Uh, We have been talking about the San Francisco Night Ministry. We've been joined by Trent Thornley, Executive Director of the San Francisco Night Ministry. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you. We've also been joined by Johnny Leggett, Director of Night Ministry Services at the San Francisco Night Ministry. Thank you as well for, for all
3: the work. Thank you.
1: I'm Alexis Madrigal. This has been Forum. Stay tuned for another hour of The Show Ahead with Mina Kim.